It's the biggest game of the season to this point. And what does that mean for UCLA football as they take on the Utah Utes? Can Dante Moore get his first signature win as a Bruin quarterback? We'll talk about it on this episode of Locked On UCLA. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of the Locked On UCLA podcast. I'm your host, Zach Anderson-Yoxheimer. Thanks for making this show your first listen each and every day. It's free wherever you get your podcast, and it's available on YouTube. So like, comment, and subscribe, download, review. Thanks for your support. Yes, the show is in the wild. This is not, if you're listening, you can hear the birds in the background. If you're watching on YouTube, this is not a Zoom background or some fake Zoom background. This is legitimate. We're in the wild for Locked On UCLA today. So get ready for some fun sounds. I don't know how long the birds will be chirping, so if you're annoyed today, I'm sorry, but the Wi-Fi is actually better outside for whatever reason, so let's get to it. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn because every potential new hire today can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Keys to the game for UCLA as they take on the Utah Utes. I've been kind of teasing all week what the key matchup is, it's going to come down to what I believe initially to be UCLA's offense versus the Utah defense. That is the difference between UCLA winning or losing. We'll touch on if Cam Rising may or may not play, and the answer right now is at the recording of this podcast, we don't know. But how much will that affect if he does or doesn't play? That will be discussed later on in the episode, and then I'll give you prediction times. If you're an everyday or the Locked On UCLA podcast, you would have seen with the crossover episode, I gave some of these predictions, but maybe I'll double down. Maybe I'll actually change my mind. Keys to the game for UCLA taking down the Utah Utes. A top 15 team could easily be a top 10 team in the country. On the road, it's Dante Moore and the Bruins with a maybe new and improved revamped defense under Danton Lynn, wanting to assert their dominance and authority against a very physical front like the Bruins did last year against Utah in the Rose Bowl. Eventually, the Utes went on to win the Pac-12 Conference Championship for the second consecutive year. Keys to the game. If you're watching on YouTube, we got those cool graphics again. If you're listening, I'll tell you once again, these are the keys to the game. Disregard the part that says NC Central because your boy forgot to change that part if you're watching on YouTube. This is keys to victory against Utah, but forgive me there. One, the key for UCLA is to run the ball. That seems extremely simple, right? Run the ball, the first key to the game. How dumb could that be? How dumb am I? Well, no, every time UCLA tends to run the ball more than they throw it under Chip Kelly, it usually means a recipe for success. Now, to get deeper into that running the ball for success, one, I think to help take the load off of Dante Moore's shoulders, they're going to need to run the ball. Maybe that's what Schley in a package for one series, one play. It's going to come down to Carson Steele, TJ Harden. Dare I say we see an Adkins siding in a close goal line situation with his bowling ball like rumbling style north and south it's going to come down to ucla's ability their own line specifically to create holes hold up for dante to throw but most importantly let ucla run the ball a year ago in 2022 and the bruins almost pretty much thoroughly dominated utah by putting up 42 points i know one of those was a one-yard plunge after a cam rising turnover UCLA 
was able to run for 200 yards with Zach Charbonnet. Now the Bruins don't have Charbonnet. They've got physical beasts like Harden, like Steele. They can go up and down the list with who they can throw in at the running back position. Equally shifty, equally athletic, equally special, regardless of who could come in. It will start with Harden and Steele. If the Bruins can run for at least 150 yards, I'm putting the marker even higher to 200 yards, which would be an excellent day against a very stout Utah defense coming in against the Floridas, the Baylors of the world, even against a decent running program like Weber State's been. In recent years at the FCS level, Utah has stymied opponents' ability to run the football. Like UCLA, they're amongst the top 10, top 15, one of the better rushing defenses, especially with some good performances against some Power 5 conference foes at home and on the road. For me, I think the minimum amount of rushing yards UCLA can put up in this game is 150 to win this game in any fashion. They need at least 150 rushing yards, more runs than throws. It could be one play more. Every single game this season, the Bruins have run the ball more than they've thrown it to increasing success. Now, is that the Dante Moore factor coming in because teams have to play the pass a little more? Maybe that's more comfortability. Maybe Coastal Carolina game plan for UCLA a bit better than the other couple of teams as opposed to NC Central, who is just thoroughly out-muscled and outmatched in Week 3. UCLA run the ball. That is the key. Run the ball and be able to dominate in this case. Back to key number two, turnover-free football. What does that mean? It's as simple as it means right there. Can UCLA, for the first time all season, not turn over the football? Now, I know Dante Moore was not in the drive where UCLA turned it over when Colin Schley threw a pick. However, I do think we will see some Schley appearance in either just a fake, maybe it's a RPO. If for some reason Chip Kelly gives him the green light in some specific trick play or just to throw off the Utah defense in this game, whoever's in there, the backs, the quarterbacks, receivers, they must not turn over the football because Utah will take advantage. As I've mentioned before, they have this crazy 20-year, 20-season streak of returning interceptions for touchdowns. They have a decent history in Kyle Whittingham's area of turning defensive scores into some big Utah victories, even though the Bruins were able to win despite a Utah pick six last year. Turnover-free football is absolutely key because you can't go on the road with a true freshman quarterback, a team that may or may not actually have their starting quarterback, a home fan base and a Pac-12 opener that is rowdy and saying, hey, why not win this game and scare the rest of the Pac-12 that they're not even at full strength yet and still winning? You can't expect to turn over the ball and find ways to win games on the road in the Pac-12, especially not this year with how good the offenses are or for Utah, how good their defense is. They can run the ball. The game is going to be much shorter than it's been throughout the beginning part of this season. That means UCLA must take premium care of the football. The third and final key for UCLA, even though they have not lost the turnover margin, it's going to come down to can UCLA's D-line be physical with the Utah O-line in this game. The third and final key is win the line of scrimmage. All right, that means one thing, the O-line, that's going to go back to key one, where if UCLA's O-line can't protect more, keep them upright, give them time to throw, UCLA is not going to have a very successful offensive day. What I mean by when the line of scrimmage, though, specifically because it goes to both offense and defense, can UCLA's defense be up to the task to stopping the Utah rushing offense? They ran it over 45-plus times at Baylor when they went from Barnes to Nate Johnson in a come-from-behind win in Waco. They had a lot of rushing yards and a lot of time of possession against Weber, as expected. 20 more minutes they had the football than the Weber State Wildcats. 
And in week one against Florida, which was Utah's worst rushing game, 30 rushing attempts for 105 yards, less than four yards a carry, or just about, I can't even do math. Their least successful rushing day, the Bruins must be like the Florida defense, which didn't have to fake Johnson as the starter, but the Bruins have to be as physical and dominant to make sure Utah can't get out on the boundary even if it's rising or if he's handing out the football or if Johnson comes in as a change of pace or the starter, the UCLA Bruins must be able to stop the run, contain it. Utah is going to emphasize running the football. Now, can the Bruins be physical? Can Latug in the backfield? Can the Murphys, can the D-line continue their success having the pro football focused college D-line grades as high as they've been through the first three weeks of the season? Now they have to play a full four quarters like they did against Coastal Carolina, mostly against San Diego State. They haven't done this in three weeks. What will they do if they get worn down? Can they step up to the task in the fourth quarter like they did against the Chanticleers? Or will they get worn down? I have faith in this UCLA D-line, which is why I might predict it the way I do. That is just the key. Can the Bruins get back there, limit Utah to what they did week one against Florida running the football? Even though Utah won, UCLA must be able to continue to do that. Now, what is the big Utah question? It's the Cam Rising question. Is he going to play? Is he not? I'll talk about that coming up next, about his effect in the game for the second segment of the Locked On UCLA podcast. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, which is why you should check out LinkedIn Jobs. They got they can help you, LinkedIn Jobs, find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can get screening questions to help focus on the candidates you want to interview and eventually hire. Small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs can help you find those qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply rumbling on and locked on ucla in the wild of sorts zach anderson yoxheimer with you guys i just gave you my keys to the game including ucla being able to run the ball run it more than they throw it and get at least 150 rushing yards again turnover free football and the third and final key, if for some reason you weren't even listening to me and tune me out, just looking at the background, if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening to the birds, whatever it may be, stop Utah and dominate. Assert your physicality in this game, offensive and defensive lines for the Bruins to win this game, especially to stop the Utah run, depending on who might be at quarterback. Is it Cam Rising? Is it Nate Johnson, who started in week three and came in relief to lead Utah coming from behind in week two at Baylor, whatever it may be, does Cam Rising playing, if he does, I have no information if he's not, the only little hint of information was Brett McMurphy's tweets the other day about the line moving up from minus four and a half for Utah to up to minus six, indicating, hey, does someone know that Utah might actually have Rising play this game? I can't really speculate. I have no information one way or the other. It's just been the fact that he's been a full participant in practice. He's been cleared to practice. And we won't know who's going to step out and take the first snaps, as Chip Kelly would like to say, first snaps until the game actually starts. He'll probably be around warming up. I just have no idea what that means. But what does his availability or lack thereof mean for the Utah offense? A team that has thrived off Rising's ability to throw the football, 
more successfully in recent years than any Utah quarterback, leading to them winning back-to-back Pac-12 titles. Rising, who started in Texas, redshirted, found his way to Utah, had a limited starting gear from 19 and 20, and then in 21 and 22, the Utah Utes took off with Rising's ability to throw for the throw the football. In 21, this is a guy who threw for 2,400 yards, 20 touchdowns, five interceptions. Then last year threw the ball even more, 3,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, six more touchdowns, but also three more interceptions, eight INTs. And when it comes to Rising being able to rush the football in 21, ran it for 499 yards, six touchdowns in 22. He ran it for 465 touchdowns, 465 yards and six touchdowns, averaging about six yards a pop, usually leading to about 35 yards per game on the ground. So Rising is one of those sneaky, big, dual-threat QB, 6'2 quarterback out of Ventura, who's now a super senior using the red shirt in the COVID year, mostly because of that ACL injury coming in the Rose Bowl to get healthy, maybe boost that NFL stock and showcase something. If this is his first game against UCLA of the 23 season, showcase he's healthy enough to lead the Utes to victory and is quite honestly at full health, maybe at 75%. I don't know what he will look like when he comes back, how rusty he will be if it is against UCLA, how much better Utah is going to be. There's just something that rising has that I'm not sure Johnson as a, as a freshman QB has that rising has at this moment. Now that's a healthy rising versus Johnson. And what I do think is that if this game sees a rising versus more matchup, we will see both court coaches in my perspective, bring in change of pace quarterbacks. I think the Bruins might actually use Colin Schley. Do they trust him to come in for a series, a couple of plays, maybe it's second and goal from the Utah 21, the 21, second and two from the Utah 21, fourth and two play action. He runs or read option, goes around the outside, hands it off in the belly of one of the many UCLA tailbacks. And the Bruins end up trying to get a conversion on in a short yardage situation. And you bring in Schley to make that one extra runner and maybe as the tailback, as the quarterback, whatever it is. I'm just kind of rambling right now. The biggest thing is, even if Rising plays, we will most likely see Johnson in some sort of capacity. I talked with JT Wistersill in the crossover episode. He is, Johnson, one of the fastest, most athletic players that Utah has. So we will see Johnson, but I'm not sure that his passing ability is there just yet. I know Utah hasn't really opened up the playbook for Johnson, throwing the football down the field. I know Utes fans have talked about it, complained about it, noted it, that against Weber, they didn't have to do that. They just ran the ball, controlled the clock, and pulled away late against a pretty stout Weber State team. Even though they're in the FCS, they pulled away late in their Week 3 victory, 31-7. to Now, arising at full strength, the Bruins went and actually beat Rising last year in the Rose Bowl with a very veteran-laden team, and it came down to the physicality of this team. Rising may be without some of his outside weapons. They're already missing their number two tailback. Do they have their first and or second tight ends? Those have all been guys who have been out for Utah. So does it even matter if Rising plays? It does in certain spots, but we're still going to see Johnson in the game. UCLA's D-line can still wreak havoc. And I think as JT talked about in the Thursday Locked on UCLA, Locked on Utes crossover, if Rising comes back, doesn't mean he's going to be 100% ready to go. He's a veteran, knows how to play. No, in college football, you don't get preseason games. You just practice and practice and practice. But in week four speed, 
compared to week one preparation. That's why you see a lot of these teams sometimes either schedule a cupcake early or some big teams like to go off and play some big-name matchups in week one. Some save those for week two. Rising, if he plays, might not be fully sharp and ready to go, which could be a big benefit for UCLA. However, if Johnson plays, I think the Bruins can really key in on the run, which is why rising simple availability to play in this game. If he just steps in, taking the snaps, the Utah crowd's energy will rise. You know the defense will be more excited. And the Bruins just have to play for the ability that rising can throw the ball better, at least compared to career statistics, to what Johnson's shown so far for Utah. Just something, the added wrinkle UCLA has to prepare for, whether it's Johnson rising, or even if the Utes have to throw back in Barnes to the mix, if rising's unavailable, or if they need to go deep down the line, down their quarterbacking list on the depth chart. So will it matter in terms of a UCLA victory? Well, I'm going to tell you in in my prediction time in the third segment, what I think UCLA's chances are to win the game with and without rising playing in the game, because we have no knowledge at the recording of this podcast that he is or is not. He brings an added element in the passing game. A healthy rising does add a different physical element in the rushing game. Johnson has the speed element rising Well, I'm not going to say anything about his speed. Johnson's clearly one of the fastest guys on the Utes roster. Rising has shown the ability to run, fight through tackles, but he is injury prone or he can get nicked up battling through what a 2020 injury, the end of 2022, and now just healing from the ACL injury coming into 2023 because of when that injury happened at the end of last season. So for the Bruins, it does matter a little bit, but I'm not sure if it matters overall in terms of if they can win this game or not. Might be closer. It certainly will. There'll be a lot more energy, a lot more buzz around Rice Eccles. I just think the Bruins have a good chance to win this game regardless, which is why we're going to go into segment three and talk about my predictions and thoughts for how this game might play out in Salt Lake City. You can snap into the NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Let the birds surrounding me tell you. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options available, such as spreads, player props, overs and unders, and more. Go to fanduel.com slash locked on. If you see on YouTube, hit that URL. If you're listening, fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Fanduel, an official partner of the NFL. Third and final segment of the Locked On UCLA podcast. Zach with you guys. So what do I think? If you've already watched the crossover episode, you probably know where I'm leaning. But have I changed my mind? Have I gone back rationally since I actually recorded that episode on Wednesday? And now a couple of days after making those predictions, was I rash? Have I doubled down? Will I go a little bit different to what I think this game will play out as with the final score with or without Cam Rising playing for the Utah Utes. I've been very confident in UCLA's ability to compete in this game. I know there's varying thoughts of what it's like for UCLA to send out a true freshman quarterback in a Pac-12 road opener for the first time since 2015, and that was the last time UCLA actually won in Rice-Eccles. So could I be so bold and predict the same thing eight years later? This, This time, it's Dante Moore leading the charge for the Bruins. Well, let's have at it. Let's take a look at that score prediction, which I believe will be my official one. And if you watch the episode from the crossover, you will know that these are actually the same scores that I used to predict if Cam Rising was going to play or not. So 
If you're looking at YouTube and you're a little confused, I'll tell you. I expect UCLA to win this game 24-21 if Cam Rising does play. So if the Bruins win this game, Rising playing, it would be 24-21 in my humble opinion. If he does not play and they have to go with some combination of Johnson or Barnes or both, whatever it is, I think UCLA wins this game actually by 10, 24-14. Now there's been certain lines which have seen the line actually grow in Utah's favor from minus four and a half to minus six, which could indicate something. I could speculate. I can give you all the little deets. I don't know. Rising's been practicing. He may or may not play. I still think actually keying off that second segment doesn't matter if he plays. It does. It'll improve Utah significantly. I just think UCLA has an advantage that they've been much improved defensively. Utah, even if Rising plays, I know you guys have different ideas that they're going to play all these guys Utes have missed a lot of key players in key positions. I can put a harp on this. They're very banged up at significant skill positions, lineman positions, defensive positions, the special teams that rising is not going to overcome all that fact. And if most importantly, the Bruins can run the football. If Latu and the Bruins D line gets there and limits the Utah rushing attack, regardless of the quarterback, you play turnover free football. UCLA can win this game, absolutely, which is, I think, what's going to happen. Now, as a little bit of some scary thoughts that Coastal Carolina somewhat got dominated at home by an undefeated Georgia State team. That could be a little scary, yet UCLA has been able to find ways to dominate opponents in different ways, and can they finally play once again since week one, an actual close game of the fourth quarter? How can they handle that? Valuing possessions, not turning it over. Can the defense force a turnover? an interception for the fourth consecutive week. Be opportunistic and come away with a UCLA dub. I think that's absolutely within reason. Am I a little crazy for thinking so? We'll find out when I react post-game to this UCLA, what I believe to be dub, but it's still fairly reasonable to think Utah's defense can stifle the Bruins' rushing attack. Maybe more actually showcases he looks like a freshman. I'm not entirely sure, but I think the Bruins win at 24-21 with rising playing and 24-14 if he does not lots of opportunities for the Bruins. And this is the biggest one, a ranked matchup, get a road pack 12 win head into the bye, and then go into October ranked arguably in the top 15. If you win this game against a Washington state team, that will either be in the top 25 on the fringes of it. By the time they play a few weeks from now in the Rose bowl, a great opportunity to start off unbeaten in conference play. And I think the Bruins get it done. So get excited, Bruins fans. Zach Ederson, Yoxheimer saying, let's get those hands up. Eight clap time, baby. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, U, C, L, A, UCLA, fight, fight, fights. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. We'll talk about it all day long. We'll talk about that reaction episode, and we'll be just in the woods. We'll be living life like the Bruins should. Go Bruins. We'll talk about it coming up pretty soon.